Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2 episode 86 and we are continuing with our Come Follow Me study for this week. Uh, you can expect a bite-sized episode full of references to the Book of Mormon uh, Come Follow Me manual with other uh, quotes and uh, talks from General Conference and other um, church books. Uh, and so hopefully you'll enjoy this. Uh, we are looking at Enos uh, through to the Words of Mormon chapter this week, Mar covering March 23rd to 29th. He works in me to do his will. And we are going to move into the section of the personal scripture study, which is titled, The Lord will bless me when I keep the commandments. And this covers Jerem to Omni, but we're going to focus on the book of Jerem today. Interestingly, uh, the Jerem, if you look up the meaning of the name Jerem, uh, Hugh Nibley uh, explains what Jerem means. It, uh, he says, quote, Jaron means to prosper or to get a good share of something. It means to support one's family properly. It also means to have good luck in business or finding something of value. It can also mean to grasp or snatch something or to be a crook. That's the way these words do. One meaning, meaning leads to the next. They are very rich, but the basic meaning of Jaron is to be prosperous, to be happy. Close quote. And how, uh, you know, uh, apt it is that his name should mean to be prosperous. When we're looking at this chapter, uh, which is focusing on the book of Jerem, teaching us that when we are keeping the commandments, the Lord will bless us, the Lord will prosper us in the land. And we see that later in one of the, what he uses, that same promise that has been promised to Lehi and Nephi and Jacob. Uh, and now he uh, refers back to that same promise as well, Jerem. Um, he also mentions uh, how this record is to keep a genealogy. In fact, we'll read verse one. He says, But now behold, I, Jerem, write a few words according to the commandments of my father Enos, that our genealogy may be kept. Now, what's interesting is that he doesn't actually list out a genealogy as such, an in-depth uh, line of, of, uh, of posterity. But I guess, again, these are the, we have to remember that these are the small plates of Nephi, and it was necessary, really, that this record was not so much a secular keeping of records, but a spiritual. Uh, and so this is why he refers to the, the line of passing on of these sacred words, I suppose. Um, George Reynolds and Jan M. Sijodal, uh, in their book, uh, uh, the commentary of the Book of Mormon, say this, Quote, to keep proper and correct genealogies of all our forefathers is a vital part of the gospel plan. Every Latter-day Saint knows that in this way we may extend to our ancestors the blessings of the gospel and thus become saviors on Mount Zion. The Lord has enjoined his people in every dispensation to keep adequate records so that, this, so that his purposes will be fulfilled. Lehi found upon the brass of plates of brass a genealogy of his fathers and his descendants and ever afterwards preserved this divine injunction. Jerem, therefore, that the line may not be broken, writes a few words according to this commandments which he had received. Close quote. So we've talked previously about how the books of the small plates of Nephi outline a kind of temple pattern and Jerem's uh, contribution to this is the need for family history, the need for these lines to be connected through many generations. As we go on through the verses, uh, I love uh, Jerem's kind of uh, words in, at the end of verse three. He says, uh, 
Nevertheless, God is exceedingly, exceedingly merciful unto them and has not as yet swept them off the face of the land. So he's referring to how the, his people are starting to become more wicked, starting to become more stiff-necked. Uh, and he says basically that, you know, God hasn't yet swept them off, so, so he must be very merciful, which I think is, a, is, an, is an interesting insight into his personality. He almost sounds like he's just tired of the people making these bad choices. Uh, and so he's just... Uh, amazed at the at the mercy that God has for the people. Um, I also like in verse four how it says, "And there are many among us who have many revelations, for they are not all stiff-necked." Now this seems to imply that uh, revelations were something that was more widespread than just one prophet receiving them. In fact, there was many among them that had revelations, and so obviously this is referring to how we can all receive. Uh, revelations. We can all receive promptings by the power of the Holy Ghost. I think that we uh, use the term revelation sometimes in a very grand sense, where obviously it can mean in a very grand sense in terms of seeing visions and angels and so on, but a revelation may simply be a prompting from the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so in order to minister, we need to receive revelation, uh, particularly in this time where you know times are very difficult. We need to really rely on that Holy Ghost, have it present in our lives, live worthy for it, so that we can receive those blessings from it. Um, in verses 5 and 7, uh, Jaram then refers to the, um, I guess, the, bless the, the the focus of the chapter, really, the blessings that come when, when his people have kept the commandments. Uh, it's a famous verse in verse 5, which says, And now, behold, 200 years had passed away, and the people of Nephi had waxed strong in the land. They observed to keep the law of Moses and the Sabbath day holy, unto the Lord, and they profaned not, neither did they blaspheme, and the laws of the land were exceedingly strict. So we see here uh, how they're keeping these commandments, but then we also see in verse 7 why more, more of the people are starting to keep the commandments. In verse 7 it says, and it came to pass that they came many times, meaning the Lamanites, against us, the Nephites, to battle. But our kings and our leaders were mighty men in the faith of the Lord, and they taught the people the ways of the Lord. Wherefore, we withstood the Lamanites and swept them away out of our lands and began to fortify our cities or whatsoever place of our inheritance. So again, as we often see uh, in the Book of Mormon, the, the reason why these people were able to withstand the Lamanites, the reason why they were so strong in the Lord, uh, many of them, again, not all of them, because again, Jerem had a bit of a moan at the start of this chapter, but the reason why many of them are prospering and being blessed because they're keeping the commandments is because of the leaders. They were mighty men in the faith of the Lord. Uh, and we are all leaders in a sense, whether we are um, a leader within an, an organization in the church as a, through a calling, or we simply lead in our home. We all lead to some capacity. And so I think that that is something important to draw away from this, that wherever we lead or have stewardship, even if it's just in our own home, or even if it's as a ministering brother or sister, as a lead, as a spiritual leader for them, we need to uh, try and help others withstand the, the the Lamanites, as it were, or the or the um, elements from the world outside. In verse nine, we have a reference to the promise, uh, which. Uh, is the header of this chapter, uh, that the Lord will bless the, the Nephites when they keep the commandments, they shall prosper in the land. Uh, but then we go on to verse 12. And again, we see why um, these people, because they, they sound like that they are easy to uh, move back to wicked ways. Um, but then Jeremy explains in verse 12, why they are able to be successful with them. He says, and it came to pass that by so doing, 
they kept them from being destroyed upon the face of the land, for they did prick their hearts with the word, continually stirring them up unto repentance. And before he was talking about how the people were taught about the Messiah. So again, we see that this principle of, re of repentance is a very important thing, that it, we need to be continually stirred up to repentance. Not, it, not simply because we do things wrong or we have done things wrong, but because repentance is a process of changing towards God. Even if we are trying to live the best life that we can and we aren't making some big mistakes that others may be, we still need to be repenting to become close to the Saviour. Um, Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett in their uh, book said this, Quote, Joseph speaks with no timidity on the manner in which the Nephite prophets delivered the message of the Lord. They threatened the people in such a manner, he said, as to prick their hearts. To the obedient, the book of Jaron promised the blessings of protection. To the disobedient, it prophesied destruction. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, to the divining asunder of both joints and marrow. Close quote. So, um, yeah, basically, that, that's a really nice way to round off this episode, really, that Jaram is replete with messages of keeping the commandments, being pricked to repentance, being led in faith, so that we can keep continually, um, well, as, as the promise said, uh, prosperous in the land. And again, there's this discussion of what does it mean to be prosperous? Well, does it mean to be rich? Not necessarily. It just means to have the, the blessings of God in our lives, I suppose, and we will prosper and be blessed from that. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode, this study today. We'll move on to uh, the book of Omni in this same kind of vein of studying the Lord blessing us when we keep the commandments tomorrow. Um, if there's anything you've been studying, please share it at uh, you can share it at ldsstudysession at gmail.com. You can email me there or you can uh, share on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'd love to hear from you to uh, discuss the things that you've been studying and uh, share some ideas together. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.